Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you in association with themortonforum.com, your hub for the latest Morton news, analysis and debate. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All participants on this podcast do so in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are entirely personal to them. Just a quick warning that this podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just one cornetto, Hi everyone and welcome to the show. It's great to be back having managed to wrestle control of the podcast and the mute button back from Durring. So that might be the the most positive thing I've got to say. (laughs) Morton were comfortably beaten 3-0 by party on Saturday. Goals from Kevin Holt, Zach Rudden and familiar face Brian Graham. So joining me to discuss the game we have Louise Rogers. Louise, have you calmed down any? Um, I'm I'm quite disappointed my winning streak's finished, but um, yeah, I've slightly calmed down since Saturday, but yeah, but I'm I'm still I'm still not too happy, but I'm sure we'll get on to that. Morton changed their shape ahead of the match. It was from what I could see a kind of four one four one when we were out out with possession, kind of transitioning into a a four four one one when we were in possession. Blues and McLean come back into the starting eleven. Oliver's deployed as a kind of advanced central midfielder. What did you make of the lineup first of all, Louise? I was quite surprised that McLean was kind of um, put back into the starting eleven because obviously he had that quite serious injury. So, and I think the Telegraph had also said that he was going about as well. So I was quite surprised to see that he was back in the lineup, but sort of not because Hines hasn't really impressed me the last couple of games. So um, it was quite good to see Ledger back into the right back where I think he probably plays better. If I'm being honest. Um, obviously Jacobs he picked up an injury as well last week so I, I was quite surprised he was back in the well not back in the lineup he was in the lineup anyway but I was quite surprised that he was playing as well but there wasn't really many surprises because yeah. we don't have a great squad depth to make huge changes to the starting lineup so it wasn't really a surprise Knowles with Covid I, I was surprised to see he wasn't in the squad but obviously finding out it had Covid explains that but yeah other yeah. than that I, I wasn't really too surprised yeah um, I think that is on paper anyway that's the strongest back four and goalkeeper that we've got at the club at the moment I think that's until we, we bring some more players in I think that 11's close to the, the strongest starting lineup that we can field at the moment and I think given just how far off Partick we were I think that was that's a bit of a worry so, what did you make of the first half performance then? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, the it was atrocious. Like, that's the only word I can describe it. The amount of times that ball was passed back. I mean, if you put in a pound for every time you'd be sitting there a millionaire, I swear. <laughs> uh, Gary Oliver and I felt, you know, what? I felt sorry for Gary Oliver and I felt sorry for Gozy because. Gozi was trying to run about. He he was wanting to get. He was wanting to do things. You could see that he was trying to get involved in the game. But there was nobody near him. 
there was nobody, Gary Oliver got the ball and he's looking ahead and Cody's getting marked somewhere and, and there's nobody for him to pass it to. So he's got to pass it back and I can kind of see why, but same time it's so frustrating watching it because it's not football because they don't know what to do with the ball when they've got it the the first goal that Partick scored I mean it's just embarrassing beyond words the fact that I thought it was bad watching it at the game but when you've actually seen it in the highlights why does Cammy Blues duck when the ball goes to him you can see Jack Hamilton looks at him and he's looking at Cammy Blues thinking right he's he's going to clear it it's fine and you can see him kind of stopping a wee bit. Why he moved and ducked, I, I have no idea. It, it was just, it was terrible. And you seen Bus was getting frustrated because he was shouting, he was telling him to push up, get higher up the park. And it's as if nobody was actually listening to him because they weren't doing anything. And I thought, obviously, going into half time, he might have kind of kicked their arse a wee bit. But it was one of the worst kind of first halves I've, I've seen for a long time. Obviously, we've not been to games yeah. in the flesh and the, and the games on the team were not great, but my God, I mean, that was just awful on Saturday. No, absolutely. The first half just, it wasn't good enough. You look, party score, an early goal, and it's yet another set piece. We'll kind of talk about that fully later on. But that then gives party the freedom to get the ball down and knock it around and they look comfortable. And let's be honest, the first half could have finished 3 nothing, party and it wouldn't have flattered yeah. them. And it was yeah. the most concerning thing for me. We built it to have a kind of five-man midfield when we didn't have the ball, when we were out of possession. You've got a five-man midfield that's getting carved open by some quite obvious, quite one-dimensional passes from a full-back or a centre-back. And see when that's happening mm-hmm. against teams in the same division as you, you're bang in trouble. Yep. One Cornetto is brought to you in association with the Inverclyde Boiler Company and the Inverclyde Bathroom Company. Shane and his team offer the very best design, installation, aftercare and customer service and are very proud to serve the Inverclyde community. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram or call them on 01475 and we always take a good crowd through there and I just felt sorry for him and obviously getting taken off at half time, it's probably not going to do his confidence any much good as yeah. well. But I just thought the whole tactic were set up so wrong on Saturday. It's the full game, not just the first half, but the second half as well. And I mean you've got Jacobs who's who's a defensive midfielder and you're trying to put Cameron Blues in that position and in my eyes it's just not really working right now. And I feel sorry for Jake is because he was obviously carrying an injury and he was running about that park to no effect because like, there was just nothing he could do because they just kind of bypassed the midfield almost. Like, it was back to last season, kind of punting the ball over and they're just not playing through midfield at all. But we don't have any kind of decent midfielders other than Jacobs in there anyway. Yeah, I think our build-up play throughout the game was rotten. Well, maybe the first hour because I left after the third goal. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. our, our build-up play was absolutely rotten, um, especially in the first half. And again, we've set that shape and that system to make sure that we've got that man advantage in midfield. But we couldn't build the ball up through the thirds because there was so little movement in the midfield to come and take the ball off the defence mm. and to kind of try and make something happen. And it ended up where 
you would play the ball into to Blues or, or Jacobs or Oliver and it would just end up the ball would come back in the direction that, that they were facing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how many times did we see Oliver dropping far too deep? It kills the space in front of him and he doesn't actually achieve anything but doing it. It just makes Partick's mm-hmm. job a lot easier. Um, I know that I'll caveat what I'm going to say about Jacobs. I know that he was playing with an knock and... Under normal circumstances, we would get more out of Jacobs, but I still don't think he was trying to get on the ball enough and make something happen and make that midfield tick. If you were if you were our captain in there and you can see that Blues are struggling, the onus is on you to try and sort it out on the pitch and find the answers for the problems on there. And I don't think he did enough of that. Yeah. And then again, talking about Blues, the amount of times that we've seen Blues get into the kind of half space and, and trying to get on the ball, but he didn't have the composure to get on his ball, open his body out and try and progress the ball forward. Again, it, it was going backwards, it was going sideways, it was it was just so safe. And when you're trying to play your way back into a game that you're losing because you've let in a sloppy set-piece goal ahead of that, it's got to be better. And then you look, we struggle, we're struggling to link the, the defence to attack other than just bluttering the ball in the vague direction of going hoping it sticks. Now, Partick had obviously done their homework and nullified Cozy quite well, but the onus is then on our midfielders to make sure that they're giving them as, as best support they can. And again, you could see Oliver kind of trying to drop deep and sometimes trying to make something happen. But when he's on the ball, he's clipping it into Ugu, and then all of a sudden Ugu is isolated because the guy that's mm-hmm. meant to be supporting him and winning the knockdown and the flick on is actually the guy playing the ball into him 40 yards behind him. And you go, well, yeah. it, it's, it's got to be a wee bit more intelligent than that. It's, it's just, it has to be better than that, to be honest. And it, it was so yeah. frustrating to watch. I think hopefully that game will be the wake-up call. I mean, we had that game, I can't remember what the score was, and we'd brought in Gavin Gunn and Andy Murdoch. So I'm, I'm hoping that this game will have the same sort of retaliation at Morton. And they'll go, right, OK, this is not acceptable and we need to get players in as soon as possible. Obviously, Gavin Riley signed, which is a good sign, but is that really going to fix things in defence and midfield? No, it's not. So I, I think they really need to get their finger out and get that sorted as well. Yeah, we'll, kind of, we'll, we'll go on kind of later on and talk about kind of signings when that feels like a weekly segment in the podcast now. But, <laughs> yeah, It'll I happen think... One day. <laughs> The second half really infuriated me because you go in at half-time with that sort of performance and you kind of think, right, so at half-time I remember saying to the to Craig and a couple of the guys round about me, you go, right, we're fortunate enough that we've played, we've been ranked rotten, but we're still only one down. You know, let's regroup, try and change something tactically, get something going, and then the next thing you know, you, you can get something from the game. And yet, Partick have scored their second goal before guys have even got their phones back in their pockets to watch the second half. Yep. Mm. And that tone, We're that goal learn. absolutely set... No. And that goal absolutely set the tone for the second half. And let's not arse about here. If Partick had decided to turn the screw, that result could have been double what it was and it would have been justified. Yeah, I, I thought Jack Hamilton, I, I don't think we can put any blame on Jack Hamilton at all on Saturday because he did do some pretty good saves and he saved it from being a lot worse than it actually was. It was just unfortunate the people in front of him were not kind of helping him or defending him much. 
Um, yeah, the sec- I mean, the second half, I was disappointed that we conceded within a minute or two of the second half starting. I, I think I actually kind of missed the goal because I was still talking to the people around about me because that way you don't think much is going to be happening at the start of the second half and then boom, the second goal goes in and, and it's game over effectively. And you would have thought with Gus acting the way he was in the first half with him not being very happy with what he just watched, you'd thought the Morton team would come out and they'd come out all guns blazing in the second half and then that happens and then that's it, it's done. It's a bit of an on-event after that. And that's it, it's it, it's the old cliche of goals change games and conceding a goal that early in the second half when we're going to try and build a way and grow into the game, you go, it just it's the worst possible time to concede that goal and it's another sloppy goal. Heads go down, supporters fall out it, and it's once that second goal goes in, there was only going to be one result. And it is, it's so frustrating because we did kind of get away with the first half in that we were only one down. All it takes is that one mm-hmm. chance, that one flash across goal, and you're right back in the game. Your heads are lifted. You know, you can go and forget about the, the bad first mm-hmm. half performance if you turn it around. And then all of a sudden, it's another preventable goal, another lapse in concentration. Bang, there you go. And there you go. It, it's game over yeah. in that. There's, there's too many experienced players on that park for that to be happening. You look at Hamilton, Lithgow, McLean, Mark Russell, Gary Oliver. These guys are experienced professionals and... Even Ledger, you know, he's a fair age now as well. Mm-hmm. You go, that that shouldn't be happening with that amount of experienced players on the park. And I, I kind of want to go on and talk about, about set pieces after this anyway, but it really needs to get sorted and yeah. quickly. I know. You know I, I mean, you look at the height of the, the defenders we've got as well. You've got Lithgow, McLean, Ledger. They're probably all over six foot. You've got Gozi, but I, I don't even know if he was back for that for the set pieces because I noticed a couple of the corners he was still up at the end of the park but we do have experience and we've got the height in there as well and the fact that it was like a couple of free headers as well it was it was a joke and it just makes you wonder what did I actually do in training see when games like that happen you're like what what have you actually done all week you thought you obviously haven't kind of looked at set pieces or anything like that by the looks of it so it's, it's just very frustrating and I think the fact that we didn't actually have a shot on target until like the last kind of few minutes of the game just kind of summed it up as well. We've got no... Again, Gozi was, was isolated and I, I did feel sorry for him on, on Saturday because you could see that when he was getting the ball, he was trying to make things work and there was just nobody there to support him. So obviously with Gavin Riley coming in, that, that should hopefully make a difference, but Games like that, I mean, in hindsight, you look at the first two games and you think, right, we've picked up four points, great, that Hamilton result was brilliant. You look at the last two games and you think, no, we're a long way from from doing anything with this squad. Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside Heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their aged Caribbean rum is infused with Scottish raspberries, a hint of golden syrup, exotic spices and pure Caledonian water. You can now pre-order their second batch, which is available from the 2nd of July. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Titan Spirits LTD. So let's let's go a wee bit more in-depth about our, our defensive set-piece record. So, so far this season, we've conceded eight league goals. Six of them have come from set-pieces. That includes the penalty against Queen of the South. The reason being I've included that is because it came from our throw-in. How big of an issue do you think that is at the moment, Louise? Massive. I mean... 
as we said, look at the experience we've got in defence with Lithgow and McLean's obviously missed the last few games, but you had Ledger in there who's got good experience and it's just not working out for the set pieces right now. You'd think if conceding the first set piece goal on, on Saturday, you'd think for the rest of the set pieces they would be a bit better, but it's just the same old, same old. It seems to have been an issue that we've had like many times over the years of supporting Morton. It just seems to be there's just not enough concentration on the set pieces. It was two free headers. There was not anywhere anyone anywhere near them. So I think it's a big issue and it's something that Gus is going to need to... Obviously, we're, we're playing Celtic B this weekend, so I don't think it, everybody really cares what happens in that one. But you're playing Kilmarnock at the next game. They're really going to need to sort out the set pieces because they've got a good squad and, and they'll punish us if we defend the way we did on Saturday there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look at the height that we've got back there, when you look at the experience we've got back there, it is really, really poor and most Morton fans will know already which end of the table that we're likely to be competing at this season. But you look, see if across the course of the season you're conceding, say, 10, 15 set-piece goals in a season, that could quite easily be the difference between finishing 7th and finishing 10th. Now, there were a few things that I expected from a Gus McPherson side when he came on board and... To be honest, us being so vulnerable from set pieces absolutely wasn't one of them. And like you said, Louise, we've not got long to fix it because the more that the, the longer that this goes on, the more it's going to be picked up on by opposition scouts, opposition managers, and the more pressure's going to be put on us at set pieces. It has to be rectified right now. There, it, mm-hmm. There's no room for error here. Yeah, and as I said, it's something we're kind of used to being Morton fans. It's last last season the defence was was not good, but it was fairly solid in most games. We we didn't concede in a lot of the games, we didn't score in a lot of games either, right enough. But this season the defence is is looking shaky, and it, and it is quite concerning that we've still not got a settled back four either because you've had times in at right back with McLean out, you've had Leder in at centre half, so they're, they're going to need to get a settled back four as well, um, and hopefully that will draw things up a wee bit going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to slightly more positive news, Gavin Riley signed for the club today from Livingston on a loan deal. What do you make of that signing? I think it's a good signing. He's he's a proven goal scorer in the championship. He scored over twenty goals, I think, for St. Mirren. Yuck when he was there. But um yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> I think it will be a good signing and with Jimmy Knowles coming back from COVID soon, hopefully, I think with a front three of Knowles, Ugwu and Riley, that I, I think if they can get the correct service, if we can sign a couple of creative players in the midfield that can set the goals up for them I, I think it'll be a really good signing and I think he will score goals while he's with us Yeah absolutely I think on paper it is an excellent signing I think he'd it was what five, five years four or five years he spent down at Queen of the South he had a decent goal return there decent goal return at St Lyrian I think he's been out with he's had injury issues in the last maybe two years or so if we can get the service into him then yeah on paper it's an excellent signing Clyde Eats is a new Inverclyde-based food ordering app launching on the 1st of September, aiming to showcase the finest food on offer in the local area. They feature some of Inverclyde's most popular restaurants, takeaways and desserts. Clyde Eats is available to download from the App Store and Google Play. 
For more information, visit their website www.clydeats.co.uk or search for at Clyde Eats on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Clyde Eats, take away the local way. So Riley's now on board. We've now got two weeks ahead of ahead of the next league game. What areas do you think we still need to improve on? We still need to get a couple of defenders in, I think. We still need to get a right back and a centre half, hopefully with experience. I think we need two centre mids as well. I think I posted on Twitter or somewhere, I can't remember. I think Jacobs needs to be back. If we're going to play a midfield three, Jacobs needs to be back in his normal position and you need a midfield player in the same mould as Michael Tidzer and the same mould as Jamie Lindsay. Someone who's going to put their foot on the ball and create things for the players in front of them. Had Jamie Lindsay, who would run about the park all day for you, creating things. I, I can't see those kind of four signings happening, but I think they definitely need to get that midfield sorted as well. I think that's probably going to need to be the priority to get sorted. Brian McLean's not going to play every game all season, so getting at least one defender in, I think, should be a priority. But I think that midfield does need to get sorted, and I think that could be the game changer. If we don't sign anyone in midfield by tomorrow, I think the rest of the season could be a, a bit of a struggle for us. I was quite alarmed when, when McPherson said that he was happy with his midfield options. I know that managers obviously quite a lot of the time they say one thing when they're actually thinking another, but it, that is quite alarming. And I think we've seen on Saturday just how weak the midfield was against decent championship opposition. We do need more composure in there, we need more ability in there and we need more creativity in there. And I think that we're probably two players probably two midfielders are we from our central midfield looking decent. I still think we need another winger. I think mm. we lack natural width. And yeah, it's it's all good it's all well and good fixing the centre of midfield. If the wide options are poor, then Obviously, teams can pick up on that and teams can try and nullify that. We just, yeah, we need to sort out our midfield with Riley coming in, with Ubu, with Oliver up there. I've got no concerns that if we can get the supply into our front line that there's enough goals to to, to knock us safe this year. But yeah. we need to sort out the midfield, we need to sort it out tactically and we need to sort it out in terms of personnel because offensively it was poor. On Saturday, we didn't get enough service into the strikers. And defensively, a five-man midfield was getting carved open by one one and two pass combinations. And that is really quite worrying. Especially yeah. when, as you said, our next league games are we down at Kilmarnock who look as if they're, they're going to be challenging for the title this year. Exactly. I mean, you look at our bench on Saturday. Last season, you could turn to the likes of like Craig McGuffey. Aidan Nesbitt when you had that kind of natural width in the squad you look at that bench on Saturday and there was no one on that bench you would look at and think right he could come on the second half and he could change the game but we don't have that anymore Gus hasn't he's not replaced the width that we had last season so I think that should be a priority that we need to get some width within the team you look at Mark Russell and and Lewis McGregor McGregor will run all day for you by the looks of it He, he made a couple of good runs in the first half while he was on thought Mark Russell was decent on the wing as well. I, I didn't. He was probably one of the only two people I would give not pass marks, but I thought they were not too bad. But yes, I, I think the bench 
depth is is not great right now and hopefully if we do get a few players in maybe they will play in the glorified friendly on Saturday and then hopefully get them match fit for, for the Kilmarnock game because it's going to be a big game because we can't really afford to lose that game that would be three games lost in a row in the league we really need to start picking up points I know it's so early in the season but we don't want to be languishing down the bottom the likes of like Dunfermline they're on a poor run at the minute you want to try and build some points away from them. If there's going to be COVID call-offs as well, with matches being postponed, again, you, you want to build up your points, Hallie, as, as, as big as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we yeah, we, we really need to, to sort out the set-piece issues defensively. If we can sort those out, I think from open play, I'm quite confident in the abilities of our back four to deal with it. I think... For all, for all he had a, a really poor game on Saturday, Jacobs is a player that belongs at this level. He's got the calibre and ability to do so. We need to get the quality in round about him. You again hope that Blues can play his part over the course of the season. We're hoping that we can get a tune out of Lyon. We then need Russell to, to be offering his natural width. We hope that we can maybe get something out of McGregor, if not bringing somebody else in ahead of him to, to compete with him. And... Yeah, if we can get these signers in place, then it changes everything. It changes absolutely everything. If we can get those kind of players in with decent quality experience behind them, you could change from finishing seventh or eighth to four or fourth or fifth. Yeah, absolutely. And I would hope that McPherson is still in the market for these sort of these sort of players, the caliber and ability of Riley. If we can get another two or three players of that calibre in, then I'll feel a lot better about the squad. But until that happens and we're conceding these cheap goals, then it's it's very difficult to be optimistic. Well, at least it's transfer deadline day tomorrow, so by then, you never know. By the time this comes out, we might be flying. The, the, the only positive on my weekend was... Got to see a good few guys at, at Partick that I haven't seen for probably going on for two years and had a few beers with them, which was lovely. And on Sunday, I went to do the Sugar Boat tour and went and saw the Sugar Boat up close, which was brilliant. And got to see a pod of dolphins in the Clyde. That was as positive as my weekend got. If you've not done the, the Sugar Boat trip, then I would recommend it to anyone. It was, it was brilliant. Okay, Louise, thanks very much for joining me. No worries, hopefully it'll be a, a better podcast the next time and a more, more positive outcome on it. Okay guys, that's the show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Well, that's the show folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum. Yeah.